There's no place else even remotely like it. Everything great and all the world's ills, all in one glorious, messed up, magical, maddening, magnificent city. Mediterranean Sea itself trembles. The ground shakes beneath the wheels of our heavy metal thunder. Back in Beirut, after all these years. The first time I was here did not end well, but it made no difference to me. I love it here. In spite of everything, I love it here. Nice ride. Woo. It's a good way to see Beirut. This is very similar to that place we went to years ago, Baba. This is right. Rizik. This is your, you know, traditional chicken sandwich, shawarma. Deep fried roast. The roasted chicken was this guy's idea. My British Lebanese friend, born, born to be wild, Ramsey Short, who I met back in those bad old days of 2006. Apparently, he's in with the Lebanese chapter of the Harley-Davidson group, or Hog, for short. So when you roll into some religiously conservative village on these monster bikes and leather jackets, what's the reaction? Two types. Once, we were greeted with rice from the balconies. Like, they thought we were like a wedding or something really nice. And the other extreme was stones, like at the wheels, like, just get out of here. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't throw stones at people on Harleys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Let's dig in. And that'll work. Yeah. This is a famous neighborhood of the city. This area, it was central during the Civil War. This yeah. The sheer volume of fire that was poured into some of these buildings is absolutely so much, unbelievable. Yeah, so fire and so many battles happened in the same place over... Over and over and over and over, over, over again. again. Clearly. I notice this every time someone visiting the city, they just point at them. Well, oh, I mean, look at that. But, you know, we don't see them anymore. We just pass by them. Hello. 
Beirut, seemingly the world in miniature. 18 religious sects recognized. More than two million Christians, over a million and a half Shiites, a million and a half Sunni, nearly 500,000 Palestinians, and now by some estimates, as many as two million Syrians, all living and somehow getting along, kind of, in a country the size of Connecticut. But along its borders, the country has what you might call serious neighbor issues. ISIS in Syria threatening to expand its so-called caliphate into Lebanon. ISIS in many ways is something we've never really seen before. A really large, well-organized, well-equipped terrorist army. Lebanon has been absorbing refugees for nearly two years now. The country simply can't take any more. A quarter of Lebanon's population is now Syrian. That is the equivalent of the U.S. taking in 83 million Syrians. This could be spiraling. And as you said, the real fear is the violence across the border in Syria, the civil war now spilling over into an already fragile neighbor, Lebanon. struggles to put a lid on the simmering sectarian tensions. Aftermath of that bombing in Beirut as well as some of the clashes that took place. Exchanges of gunfire between Sunni and Shia, two Palestinian brothers were shot. Here, block by block, you see the scars from the 15-year civil war that only ended in the 90s. But also, nightclubs, discos, beaches, bikinis, where much of the Arab world comes to let their hair down. It is an incongruous mix. All of this is playing into the people's fears. The violence is just beginning. Al-Barajne neighborhood has long been the home to principally Palestinian refugees. But more recently, it's become a refuge for Syrians fleeing the barrel bombs of President Assad on one hand and the predations of ISIS on the other. The camps saw heavy fighting, shelling, and outright massacres during the religious conflict known as the Lebanese Civil War. Everywhere you see posters representing a full menu of political factions and affiliations from Assad loyalists to the PLO to every flavor of extremist. It's either a jihad of victory or martyrism. Do you know of any other place in the region where all of these groups are coexisting within a confined space? 
but it is stunning to be walking down a street with high heel short skirts uh, and vast amounts of red wine flowing and then drive straight into an extraordinarily conservative, predominantly Shia district, you know, the Hezbollah district, which is effectively run by what the US calls a terrorist organization. I mean, it's kind of, it is kind of mind-blowing. I am not a geopolitical expert. And as much time as I've spent in this part of the world, I've spent nowhere near the amount of time this guy has. Nick Payton Walsh, CNN senior international correspondent. Most of the groups here are now more terrified of those sort of crazy Islamist radicals across the border in Syria uh, than they ever have been of each other. What would you call this neighborhood? What is it? I mean, it's now one of the kind of very mixed refugee areas that Beirut has. Close to two million people from Syria alone. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot to be absorbed by a tiny little nation of, what, 4.5 million? It's just loads of people, far too many people with nowhere to go. You see it in how the cell phones don't sometimes work the way they should, how people have to ship water into their own homes. That's part of bad infrastructure, but it's also just the sheer demand on resources. We'll follow you. Okay. It was the first time in the, in the history. <laughs> a Palestinian leads American. That's nice. Don't let the neighbors know about that. Yes. In Syria, Mr. Najam was an English teacher. Needless to say, he had at one time a better life back there. I came from Syria after the civil war started there. Yeah. We know Lebanon has many, many problems, sectarian problems, and we don't want to add more problems for those people. But what can we do? We live here in this camp. Imagine the situation here. It is unbearable. He is married, by the way, and he has three kids. In spite of his wounds, he works, you know, in construction. His family bought this world in order to protect us from the rats. Yes. These children need medical operation, but this family can't pay for those operations because they are very expensive. They are waiting for Godot. They wait for nothing. They wait for the help of God. Straining under the weight of all these unasked-for guests, the Lebanese government has begun making it very difficult for them. He doesn't work only because he doesn't have an official residence. So he can't leave the camp. Otherwise, he will be arrested, you know. Being stopped at any of the city's ubiquitous military checkpoints could mean a one-way ticket back to Syria. Trapped, unable to work, they exist invisibly on the margins of society. No photos here. This is a military area. We don't want to get involved in any problem. Syrian food? This is Syrian. It is called the seven countries. It consists of many kinds of vegetables. Mm -hmm. Seven kinds of food. Palestinians in Syria, most of them are well-educated. Doctors, engineers, lawyers, teachers. But here now, it's the opposite, but right? Here in Lebanon, even if you were a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, you can work only in the camp. We don't know how to go, where to go. To go back to Syria. Can't, no can do. 
to cross the sea. Yeah. Suppose that the uh, Lebanese authority collect us and throw us away to Syria. What is going to happen? We have no area in the world. We have no place in this universe. We belong to nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Välkomna till Lebanon. Allå. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support, your sleep number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. Once known as the Paris of the Middle East, Beirut still clings to its glamorous 1960s image. A chic tourist destination where you can famously ski and go to the beach all in the same day. Walking the Corniche, it's easy to forget, for a moment anyway, what's going on not far from here. People who live here near the coast, they prefer to spend the Sunday outside their houses. And this is one of their traditional places. This is the way I live all my life. <laughs> Mo is a local security specialist on assignment to keep, well, me and my crew safe from harm. He lives with his daughter, Bushra, and his family in Ras Beirut, a mixed neighborhood of Christians, Muslims, and Druze. Little oil in the middle, as I recall, yes? Yes. Oh, so good. Very good fish. Uh, 
I missed this country. I really did. You have been here before? This is my third time. Whoa. My first time, it was 2006. Ooh. <laughs> we came here, we had two perfect days, and then the war broke out. During my first trip here in 2006, Hezbollah guerrillas killed three Israeli soldiers and captured two others in a cross-border raid. In the 34-day war that followed, much of Beirut was heavily pounded by bombs and naval artillery. I fell in love with this city. Under the worst possible situation, you have this really extraordinary mix of religions and people. How is that? Why? What's Only so special here. about Only. it? Why? Of course, somebody on Friday go to pray, somebody on Sunday go to pray. But they go to the same restaurant, have the same food, have the same drink. <laughs> they have the same tradition. There is no place better than Lebanon. You have everything. People are friendly, beautiful, fantastic. It is a democracy here. Of course. You have choice to sit down and talk. I like this, I don't like this. So, what's it look like now? Yani, we look like we are two months before 2006. Oh, wow, that's not good. Tension is a little bit high, but the people, they are very happy. We are very happy. I go with my family outside. I mean, I was watching the news last night at the hotel. It is genuinely terrifying. This is Lebanon. It's raining today, tomorrow is sunny. It's happening all the time. <laughs> we get used to it. You get used to it. Are you concerned or optimistic? No, I'm optimistic, yeah. Do your friends feel the same way? Um, not really, not at all. You know, your friends are less optimistic. Yeah. We have only one good neighbor. It don't affect us. Yeah. It helps us all the time. It's the sea. We bring <laughs> the fish and we have fish. <laughs> and they never get upset from us. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah. We are back in the his house. Oh, this, you're here too? Yeah, this is Radio Beirut. 
Is that why, yes, yes, I think it is. Ironic glasses, vintage clothing, and neck beards. It appears the Brooklyn strain has spread even to Beirut. Radio Beirut, live and direct. It is, with CNN and everything. CNN has become the most trusted name in news. Same way a broken clock is trusted to be right twice a day. CNN changed their slogan from, this is CNN, to at least, it's not Fox News. Yes, sir. <laughs> How is it possible, this mix of religions, of cultures? You know, geographically, how it is. Beirut's so tiny. You got mountains, you got the sea. We're surrounded, and then there's so many factions that you have to deal with everybody. I'm going turkey ham in this bitch. That's halal, it's a gift. Now pass me the letter, stack up until I stand with the shit. Now where is the bread? Where is the chibis? Where's 80%? The bigger hummus, while a small percentage get to eat zit. Where is the oil? Where is the wealth? Syrian folks, they easy and chill. They need that not know, just needed some help. Give them the choice. Syrian Filipino rapper Chino. Monday is hip hop in Radio Beirut. Radio Beirut is like a really awesome place where there's live bands playing all week long. We created a platform for MCs to try their skills in front of people without the prejudice, without the judgments, and although we do judge, <laughs> we do make fun of them. Green fields and dream fields are Copperfield, then I make a magic like my name was Copperfield. Lebanese freestyle legend Hussein, aka Double A, the preacher man. You were, what, you were arrested? Is this correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's normal. That's not the first time it happened. For what? Basically, I was profiled. Like, if there's an explosion, oh, the big dude with the beard was bald. That's him. Right. It's him. He did it. We're 100% sure. These are beard-related issues. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about hip-hop. That's the glue that binds us. What is it about hip-hop? I see it like this. I mean, a lot of people do muwells. In Arabic, it's called a muwell, in which it's a traditional rhyming scheme Spoken in which word. they speak about their problems, about their beefs. It's in our core to be poets. We are poets. We come from, like, a background where you have governments that are dictators. We can't really voice anything. These politicians can't believe them because they're getting led on. Till the slaughter while this monster trying to keep the lid on. Pressure makes it squeal, but it blows the lid off. And we're raw, we're raw, we're raw. We're trying to find our own identity. We don't want to be like our ancestors always fighting each other. Like, he's Christian, he's Shia, I'm Syrian Sunni. That's nothing, you know, we don't even, we don't even mention that when we're on stage. So I'm on my own now. What the hell with the world? The universe is my home now. Afternoon in Beirut, and the Hafez family, like many others across the city, prepares dinner. Extraordinary yeah. spread of food. Yeah. All this food, you see, and my son, he's crying because he wants to go to Burger King. He wants some chicken burger from Burger King. Well, thank you so much for, for having me in your home. This is spiced potato. We call it batata harra. Deep-fried potato with red pepper, green chili, coriander, garlic, and lemon juice. And this is kibbinaye, which is raw meat, lamb, fresh mint, spring onion. Mix it all together. And this is as a main course. It's called moussaka. Minced meat, 
baked aubergine, green and red pepper, and chickpeas, and uh, tomato and tomato paste. Please help yourself. Thank you. I was in Beirut in 2006. This neighborhood was hit very hard. Yeah. Were you here at that time? Yeah. It was a disaster. Why this neighborhood? Because the people in this area, 99% they support Hezbollah. As Israel buries its dead from a surprise Hezbollah missile strike and the radical Shia group celebrates a victory, the rhetoric on both sides is at a fever pitch right now. It is the deadliest Hezbollah attack against Israeli forces since the two sides went to war in 2006. Hezbollah means the party of God. They are a Shia military political organization lavishly supported by Iran. The party is more powerful, more effective on the ground than the Lebanese army. The United States officially designates them a terrorist organization. In 1983, they did this, the U.S. Embassy bombing. And this, the Marine barracks at Beirut's airport. 299 United States and French servicemen were killed. All these people, they are Hezbollah. Please put it down now. They are dangerous, they are well-funded. And whatever else they may be, they are not stupid. In 2006, I have two sisters, they lost them home. Hezbollah take care of them. Here in Dahi, everybody support Hezbollah. Even the people who they are not religious, for one reason, because they feel protected by them. My host's support for Hezbollah, typical of the Dahiyeh neighborhood in South Beirut, is staunch. Before Hezbollah, Lebanese people, they were always scared of Israel. Now when you say Israel, you say, oh, we don't care. In the early days, Hezbollah used tactics that just about anyone would call terrorism. When is it permissible, morally, to use a, a car bomb or using civilian targets? For me? For you. I'm against killing. Against killing anybody, even Israel. This person who I'm gonna kill in car bomb or whatever, doesn't he has family? What's the most important thing happening in the world today that needs to be resolved for things to be better? ISIS. ISIS is number one. Number one. They killed hundreds and thousands of Shia. They are devils. They are against everything, like everything on the, on, on the earth they are against. Recently, Hezbollah has become heavily involved in the war in Syria in defense of the Assad regime. Complicating matters, and uncomfortably enough, they are probably the best organized, best equipped, most serious obstacle to ISIS and Al-Qaeda in the area. Most of the villages in the east of Lebanon, they are Christian and they are Sunni. Right. If, if Hezbollah wasn't there, it was no more Christian in that area. This is the only reason I, I, I the gun. It's, this is the only reason for just to protect my children and my wife. 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. Will things be better? Hope so. Hope not 20 years and 30 years. Hope now, next year, things goes better. I hate war.
The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. two times I've been here, there's just this never-ending building boom. Nobody seems to be moving in, but the buildings are going up. Yeah. Who's buying these apartments? Who are they for? Two kinds of people. Lebanese who are living abroad, mm -hmm. or Arabs, especially from the Gulf region. Right. For whom Beirut is a relatively liberal wonderland of permissiveness compared to Riyadh, for instance. Compared to Riyadh, yes. But unfortunately, we cannot generalize this and say that Beirut is a place where sexual expression is encouraged. Her books are banned in many countries in the region. She's regularly threatened with rape, stoning, and murder. She is Jumana Haddad, culture editor of Lebanon's biggest newspaper, An-Nahar. Yesterday I had my first web TV show about sexual freedom, and you cannot imagine how many hell's doors have opened just because I dared say that girls are allowed free sexuality just like boys. Mm -hmm. And we pretend, we pretend to be a democracy. <laughs> this is kafta. Kafta? Yeah, with yogurt yeah. sauce and cranberries. It's then yummy. Fried kibbe. Uh, stuffed grape leaves? Yes. Tabouleh, the famous tabouleh. The fact that Lebanon, that Beirut in particular, works at all. Mm -hmm. All these religious groups and different interests. I mean, this is a fully functioning, more or less, by world standards. Fully functioning? Yeah, this is a... We don't have a president. It's been almost, it's going to be a year now that we're without That's a... That's sort of awesome. Don't you think that the main reason behind you seeing this as a thrilling, exciting place to live in mm -hmm. is that you're a visitor and not someone who actually lives here? Am I wrong to love this place? You're not wrong to love it. I love living on the tip of a volcano, but there has to be some point where I could breathe and relax. I don't want to seem like I'm only criticizing because I really also, as much as I hate this place, I love it as well. And I know that it's also very precious to have such a kind of freedom in a place in the Arab world like Beirut. I don't need to tell you about the Islamic State. Even though they're not inside Beirut, yet we can feel the threat. We can feel it every day. Should people come here? Yes, definitely, they should come. They will enjoy it as much as, uh, as uh, you have. 
Uh, I wouldn't advise them to stay more than a month, though. often go to the Danieli in Venice and I ask them there to call me your highness I love that that's, that's my <laughs> trip so I go there and I am dressed like an emperor I'm not today but sometimes I dress like an emperor there have been two attempts on your life yes yes that you're aware of two attempts in Arabic we say it means the third one succeeds so <laughs> I don't know when the third one will be a young militant an activist a labor organizer. You have been arrested in your life. Yes, many times. When I was 14 years old, for example, I became a communist in a region that was under control of the extreme right-wing militia. I ended up in a torture room that I recreated here just behind you. Later, after joining and then leaving the Lebanese army, Michel Eleftiriadis formed the MUR, an armed revolutionary group. And yet here you are, your life now is music and culture. I think that I was made to be a musician, but when war happened in Lebanon, I took a gun. I understood that I cannot face someone who's attacking my house with a guitar. In 2003, by now a music producer, entrepreneur, politician, artist, author, and filmmaker, he founded the Beirut Music Hall in a bullet pop theater empty since the Civil War. This is his kingdom. Some people come because it's trendy. They come with their sexy ladies. Some come because they like to discover new things. You have per night up to 15 acts, each act coming from a different culture. Who needs culture? I think that culture can save the world. ISIS, those criminals who are not very far from Lebanon, someone who read interesting books, someone who listened to beautiful music, cannot become an animal again. If you were the emperor of the world, hypothetically, hopefully, yes. hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> what will Beirut be like in 10 years? Best case scenario, it goes back to before the creation of Israel, when all communities were living very well. The Jews will be back. We are in the Jewish neighborhood here. I think that we have to all to be united to fight this monster, ISIS. Mm -hmm. Once the monster is defeated, you can start arguing again about other things.
Hello. How do you know? I'm Tony. I'm Rowan. Right, thank nice you for doing this. This feels very formal, but yeah. <laughs> it's not. So please re relax. I am relaxed. Okay, good. Can I get my beer? By all means, yes, please. Lots of people come here. They're mostly musicians and uh, artistic people. Lots of jamming happens here. It's like more of a family hanging out. This cafe is a typical Beirut establishment with a clientele from Lebanon, from Syria, and any number of other countries. The owners are both Lebanese and Syrian and acutely aware of the tricky political realities with which they must live. They were concerned about us filming here and wanted us to understand clearly that the cafe has no political affiliation and that the opinions of this young lady, Rowan, are not that of the cafe or necessarily even the clientele. You're born and bred Syria. I was, yes, I was born and brought up in Syria, Damascus. One night, 3 a.m., the army entered our house and I found them in my bedroom looking for the free Syrian army. My dad knew he couldn't protect us because he was old. Three hours later, we decided to leave. So we came to Beirut. Oh. Oh, oh thank you. We always eat here. Grape leaves is my favorite food. I saw you went for that first. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we come here a lot and we talk a lot about Syria. We talk about our visa issues most of the time. Actually, now I have four months left and I really have no idea what am I going to do. What do you think? Will they renew your visa? So far, I don't think so. <laughs> do they arrest you? Do they take you to the border and kick you over the other side? What, what, how does that... Send you back to Syria. What happens if you go back to Syria? Most probably die <laughs> on the way or do some people get arrested or be taken to the army. How different is Damascus from Beirut? Oh. It's really, really different. In Damascus, I was always afraid of the government. Some people died because they cursed the president. I left Syria and I found hope here and I screamed in the streets, cursing all politicians and everything. <laughs> it's all right, nobody's gonna come and arrest you. Mm -hmm. I really love this place with all my heart. Is all of the chaos and the violence it worth it for change? Is that worth dying for? I mean, you, you, things were, there was order when you grew up. There was order. Yes. No freedom, but, but order. Would you go back to that? I don't think that there is anything worthy in the world of a human blood. There is nothing more important than a human being. You'd never be able to yell out loud. You'd never be able to do, do the things you're doing now. You'd go back. I was alive. You were alive. Lots of people were alive as well.
Good to see you. How you been? I've been all right. I've been well. Where better for capitalist imperialist pig dogs like Ramsey and myself to spend the last evening in Beirut than Abu Eli? It was opened by a guy called Naya. He was an atheist member of the Lebanese Communist Party. A communist theme bar located in a housing block. What is this? Do you know what? I'm not sure. It's been put in front of us. Well, we should probably drink it. Yeah, figure let's out. Do it. Why not? Vodka. Vodka. You know, I actually had somebody who lives here tell me, oh, yeah, the place is great. Just don't stay here for longer than a month. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're trying to kill us, man. <laughs> and who is this man? It, I, he's, he's trying to hurt us. Cheers. After more than a few indigenous beverages. Oh, Iraq? No, oh, now we're talking. Cheers. Cheers. Enter Ernesto. That's good. Hey, hey. Yeah, I got something for you. Oh, yeah. It's a Cuban cigar. In the words of Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, let's get the party started. Or was that Rick James? Ernesto is the son of the owner of this bar. I know. This is my mom. She made some shanklish here. Oh. Shanklish is the, is the cheese. It's kind of rotten cheese. Here we go. Cheers. I called my dad. Yeah. I told him there's a guy called Tony, CNN. He said, I don't watch CNN. <laughs> and then I told him, but he's a cool guy. He wants to make the best food for you. This is some of the best kibbeh in Beirut. The lamb? And spices. Oh, man, that's good. Hypothetical question. ISIS are coming now. Are we picking up a gun or not? I pick a gun. Yeah, we will fight these people. No, I'm not trying no, no, we have to have it. Nick Napsak. Yeah, Nick Napsak. Uh, I seem to remember Mom at one point whipping out some kind of automatic weapon. All right, here you go, big I, boy. I will take this up in arms and I will fight. Let me tell you how we I will, fight. I will. And then the mirror ball descended from the ceiling, Bootsy Collins came on over the sound system, and the rest is a fog. Let's first have a cheers. Make oh, come on, give me a big this is a country that's the worst neighbor problems in the world. It's amazing that you know it persists. What? I've been around the same places. This place, it works fine. <laughs> I think so too. Cheers <laughs> to Tony, man. Beirut. Everybody should come here. Everyone should see how complicated, how deeply troubled, and yet at the same time, beautiful and awesome the world can be. Everyone should experience, even as the clouds gather, what's at stake, what could be lost, what's still here, and never let that hope go. Beirut, there is no place like it.
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.